privilege for us to be part of something like that. A notable step in the right direction as believers. If you have been born again, you need to be baptized in water. If you are not born again, you need to be born again and then be baptized in water. Makes it easy for all of us, doesn't it? I'd like to welcome back newlyweds Bruno and Sonia. Please stand up. Back from their honeymoon. It's great to have you. So as I said at the beginning, there are two things we're going to do today is water baptism and break bread together. Those two are kind of the lasting ordinances that Christ has given us until his second coming. It's interesting, uh, in the Old Testament, there were many ordinances. You served God through feasts and sacrifices, special days, special clothing. You had to tie this to your forehead and you had to have suits or underrods with long tassels on them and there were all kinds of practices and things and if you read through it knowing the sinners that we are I would have to have had hundreds and thousands of sheep and you know a big hawk full of doves and so on just to deal with my sin that was all a holding pattern until Jesus came and we read in the book of Hebrews that when Jesus came he abolished all of that because all of that, and it makes for interesting reading. Remember last week we talked about Jesus is the word. And when we read through, like the book of Hebrews, it puts into perspective the wonderful way in which every feast, every um, sacrifice, every special day, everything was fulfilled in Christ because they were all pointing to Christ. This is what it says in John chapter 11, but one of them, Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, said to them, you know nothing at all, nor do you understand. There you go. He's the leader of the kind of Jewish religion in that day, and Jesus had upset the status quo because he was coming in and proclaiming a radical message. Uh, He was talking about something that superseded and was being fulfilled in his life and superseded the Old Testament. And it put them to shame. They didn't have to. They could become followers of Christ as well. But it put them to shame. And they were making plans. And then on more than one occasion in the Gospels, we see they tried to kill Jesus. And then there's this moment of brilliance as the Spirit of God gives Caiaphas this knowledge, this Uh, I I believe it's a prophecy. You know nothing at all. We all need to get to that point. Actually, you know, outside of Christ, we do not have an opinion and we know nothing at all and we don't understand. It's only in Christ that we'll begin to understand life. This is what he prophesied. It's better for you that one man should die for the people, not the whole nation should perish. And then he talks about how this one man would set Israel free and the nations of the world. And so he, he can anticipate in the spirit the prophecies are being fulfilled in Jesus. So Jesus, the suffering servant, servant, is he willingly gave up his life. So it's God's plan right from the beginning. And suffering, because suffering had to take place for the sin of this world. And so, if you read in Romans chapter 6, we can see what happened here at water baptism. 
Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? These folk were not baptized into Cornerstone. They were not baptized into a religious movement. It is their relationship with Christ reflected through what took place over there, and we'll read it now. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in death like this, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. They all died to sin. They enacted it. There's a symbolic dying. As they stepped into the water and went down, that was it, death to that man of sin, that desire of sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we'll also live with him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him, nor us. The scriptures tell us, nor us. Even when we die, that's if we die before Christ, we're with him immediately. Death has no scare for us. And then it says in verse 10, for the death he died, he died to sin once and for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. That's the take home verse for me from today. If you want to take a verse home, it's verse 11. You must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to Christ Jesus. So when we break bread, we have a reset moment. When we analyze, judge, look at our lives before what Christ has done on the cross, he is the suffering servant, so we don't have to suffer. And so as we approach that, we are able to just push a spiritual Control, alt, and delete. And because of his goodness, we're able to have this fresh start. That's why we should break bread often. So Jesus became our substitution. And so the law had to be fulfilled. The judgment of God had to be fulfilled. And so Christ, servant, willingly went to the cross, suffered, was tortured, was whipped, he was scorned, he was mocked and then he died in our place. So two things happened as we received mercy and grace. A brief definition of mercy is I don't get what I deserve. That's what mercy is. So you know what mercy is or what do I deserve? Because of my sin, Romans 3.23 tells me every single one of us have sinned and fallen short to the glory of God. Everyone needs salvation and so because of my sin I deserve a guilty judgment guilty Marcus is guilty I deserve separation from God I deserve eternal punishment I deserve to suffer for my sin and rebellion I deserve death on a cross but I receive mercy not because in some way kind of God looked at me and he said you deserve it he looked at the body of Christ on the cross suffering in my place and he said, I'll grant you mercy because of that. And then we get grace. You know what grace is? I get what I don't deserve. 
We don't deserve forgiveness. We don't deserve the not guilty. We don't deserve healing and restoration in our relationship with God. We don't deserve eternal blessing. We don't deserve rewards and eternal life. We don't deserve Christ dying on the cross for us. But we get it. Isn't that awesome? Mercy and grace is mine in Jesus. So that's why I said right at the beginning, it's important that if we don't know God, this is the moment. I tell you, it's right now. Don't delay it a single second longer. And it's not about filling in church membership, membership forms. It's not about kind of, you know, some kind of mental trick. It's about realizing I need a relationship with God. And Christ has made it possible. Suffering servant, on Friday next week, we'll look at this in a little more detail. You know, how Christ suffered. And it said it was the zeal of God that accomplished this on the cross for us. God in his zeal and his passion made a way for us. God loves us in an incredible way. So as we break bread now, we're going to look at Luke 22 and understand what this is. This isn't an ordinance that we kind of blindly go through kind of as a ritual. We've got to break bread because that makes us Christians. No, the table is a pause moment for every single one of us to say, actually, let's just examine ourselves now. Let's look at us before God. The Bible says that. Judge yourself lest you be judged. So as believers, we approach the table and we deal with whatever issues need to be dealt with. Amen. Amen. I'm glad for the response. And when the hour came, he reclined at table and the apostles with him and he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. The great marriage feast. We are going to have a meal like never seen before. I'm waiting for that. I really am. And he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on, I'll not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup, after they had eaten, saying, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. We need to understand these elements to understand the suffering servant. So through his brokenness, I have healing. I have a relationship with God. So the bread broken means he died for me. So I eat and I appropriate what he's done. And notice we divide it amongst ourselves. Christ for everyone. Not one is exempt. Everyone needs a relationship with Jesus. So we apply the message of the cross to our lives every time we break bread. It's a time to give thanks. He gave thanks. So even though it's a somber heart-searching moment. It's thankfulness. Wow, me, forgiveness of sin, willingly, you died on the cross so that I could be free. Thank you, Jesus. Should be the first response. We divide this bread because he unites us all. His body was broken and we share with each other because we remember. And remember Jesus said about fasting, that while he was with the disciples, there was no need to fast. Because when he's gone, the disciples will fast longing for the bridegroom. So we break bread 
longing for the return of Jesus. Every single time we do that. And then when we drink, we symbolize Jesus' blood poured out for us. It sounds barbaric. But we need to understand blood needed to be shed. Right in the beginning, after Adam and Eve had done what they had done, God killed an animal and took the skin and covered their nakedness. Blood was shed so that they could be covered. And so it is, the theme of forgiveness is through blood we are redeemed. We are bought back, the price is paid, and it's through the blood of Jesus. And so as we drink, symbolically we are saying, I celebrate the new covenant that you have with me. And then it says, after that, they sung a hymn. They worshipped. And so that's what we're going to do right now. And I trust God for the, rest, the restoration of your relationship with Him. And if you haven't received Christ into your heart as Lord and Savior, Clint is waiting right there. You come to the front and He'll pray with you and we'll help you with that. It's, it's, it's actually a willingness on your part to admit, I need Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And if your, your kind of relationship is not where it should be, sort it out right now. And then as we eat, as we drink, we drink healing and life. And we can trust Him. We really can. So please come and grab yourself something. Um, it's all pre-packed so that we can obey COVID rules. Uh, so come and grab some. There's over there, over there, and at the back as well. And then wait, and we'll break bread together. We'll drink together. And then... We'll pray together. But what a privilege. That's why we should break bread often. Why? Because I want to sort my relationship out with God. We don't just wait for moments on a Sunday. In our homes, in our life groups, as families, as individuals, we break bread. Wonderful. Father, we thank you for the plan of salvation. Thank you that before time, this was your plan to redeem us. You wanted us with you forever in this incredibly meaningful, purposeful relationship. And even though you knew we had sinned, you'd already planned ahead for us. And so thank you for your blood. Thank you for the body that was broken for us. So break it symbolically, representing the body of Christ, broken for us. And then let's eat together you're with your husband or wife or with a family member you and you want to break together that's cool remember the substitutionary death of Jesus is so that I don't have to be broken that should mean a lot to us it really should and then we drink And this represents the covenant, the blood covenant of Christ. Thank you, Lord.